Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the Writer's Room podcast dedicated to rewriting the Star Wars sequels. I'm Bryce Quinn, and I'm joined by, for the first time, Cole Forfang Fan. How are you, Cole? Hello, I'm pretty good. How are you? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Cole, you are one of our two friends who have been kind enough to offer their talents to the show in the event that Sandro Omello cannot make it, so thank you so much for coming on. Oh, um, thank you. So, Sandro, on account of Mello being out of town, I wasn't sure what we were going to do about the progress update. Do you have anything? Yeah, no. Um, it's another character episode. Mm-hmm. Should be fun uh, going into it. Uh, I caught up with Mello, and he told me he's doing some work on the treatment, so it's uh, uh, looking good. Looking well, that's exciting. too bad. He's not here to tell us about it. But <laughs> you're right, this is a character study episode, because today's episode is our character study of Poe Dameron, the ace pilot and roguish ex-criminal. First, we'll start off with an overview of his character and his role in the movies. Then we'll discuss all our issues with him. After that, we'll pitch each other ideas for how we'd like to fix his character before deciding on a direct direction for him at the end of the show. But for now, let's begin with Article Zero, our character overview. Who is Poe Dameron? Who is, who is this guy? Well, he's a pilot. Yeah. And he's a resistance fighter. Other than that, he's... <laughs> he's just a funny dude. He's a funny guy. Cole, give us your thoughts on Poe. He's Oscar Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> so really, yeah. I think that's a good place to start. Like, you can't really go wrong with Oscar Isaac. He's, yeah, exactly. he's fantastic. He's one of the characters in the movies, like, I don't really have that many problems with because I find him very endearing and very funny yeah. and charismatic. And I, this is a great performance. I feel like, yeah, the performance is really what carries his characters in the sequel. But problems are still there. And we'll get to that in a second. But character overview-wise, um, we start with the first movie. He is the first character we're kind of introduced to, other than Law Santeca, that we yeah. kind of see. He's trying to get the plans to find Luke, and that's the kind of the crux of the movie, and he kind of kicks it off. Yeah, and he does that whole thing where he gives BB-8 the, the codes to mm-hmm. the... Why am I... I'm having, like, a blank. It. What do you mean? Yeah, he gives... BB-8 has the, the map. The map. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Gives, yes. So BB-8 has the map, has and the, map. the map gets to Ray, and then, then Ray... BB-8 runs into the desert. And Poe doesn't follow him into the desert. No. He gets captured. Yeah. I think the biggest issue... Are we going to do issues? We'll do, we'll do overview first. No. We'll just... We'll do overview. Before I get um, into my I think many grievances with what happens. A general overview of his character is he's very loyal. He's someone that like puts a lot of trust and faith in his friends. And specifically, I think, uh, Princess Leia as well, or General Leia. They go, they adventure through the movie. Uh, they meet up with him later on You know, in the Resistance that he's you know a wicked fighter pilot. Yeah, he's just kind of like a hero guy in the first movie. And he just does the hero stuff. He's winning the days, doing the battles and everything. But he's not really overcoming any struggles. He's not really making any big, important decisions. Mm. Second movie, that immediately changes. He kicks off the action again, this time atrociously, and leads, causes the deaths of many people. Kind of unfortunate. Um, and then he sends Finn Rose off mm-hmm. to get... What was it? What was it? I'm forgetting everything today. Forgetting <laughs> yeah. The entire plot of Star Wars. Sam's got I'm a leaky forgetting. brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, sends Pin and, uh, Pin and Rose... <laughs> <laughs> name. He, sends, and Rose. he sends Finn and Rose off and he stays on the ship and he does a mutiny against Captain Holdo. Yeah. Admiral Holdo or Admiral. General Holdo. I think yeah. she gets promoted yeah, at some like, point. She does. Admiral, I think. And we'll save our thoughts on Holdo for later in the show. <laughs> and then, so he, you know, gets taken out and, mm. you know, he's like, oh, they were doing the right thing the whole time. They just didn't tell me. I'm the idiot. No. Anyway. Um, then they get down to the planet and he says that stupid line. No. We. We are the fire, the spark that lights the fire, yeah. <laughs> burns the, res- the First Order down. Oh, mm. my God. And then they uh, escape in the Millennium Falcon. And then, mm. uh, Cole, that's the end of your knowledge because you don't know what happens next. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I haven't seen Rise of... 
Skywalker. So. And there he admits it. He hasn't yeah, seen I, I Rise of Skywalker. It. On a show but, dedicated to fixing I know, the three sequel movies. But, you know, maybe I shouldn't be corrupted by... <laughs> yeah. this, <you> <laughs> maybe you're the best off of all of us. Yeah, but perhaps. I not perhaps. I'm the most open yeah. to what could happen. Anyway, he starts off with the famous line of somehow Palpatine returned. Yeah, yeah, he's the one who says that line. Yes. Unfortunately, classic. And, and then for the rest of the movie, he does he's not really there. But that yeah. we can get into that. Yeah. Into he doesn't really do anything important. He's there fighting with them, and then he is the degree of separation mm-hmm. between the audience and the resistance. Okay, to Babu Frick. I was thought you were going to Babu <laughs> Frick. Yeah. Uh, it's a very good point. That's how they find Babu, and then all is well. And sorry, uh, at least ten minutes while we're interacting with Babu Freak, and then the rest of the movie happens, and it sucks. And that's kind of where Poe ends. He doesn't really. He's he's in the fight, mm. you know, doing fight stuff, and he's looking around in awe at all these ships. He's like, wow. And he's like, oh, we're all about to die, and then they don't. And that's him. That's Poe. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. Did I say Article One? That was Article Zero. Character <laughs> overview. Article One is what went wrong. Sandra. Alrighty. <laughs> what went wrong? I think we're in a. Very similar section of Ray where there's just not, like, a lot to his character. Yes. Kind of a blank slate. Very much bare bones. Like, what's he do? He's mm-hmm. a good pilot. He's, like, a good friend. And yeah. other than that, that sort of just stays in. There's no problem with him being that. But they try to implement some, like, character growth in Last Jedi. And I don't really think they do it. They play it off like he's learned a lesson. But really, like, there's there's no lesson learned there. He starts the movie hot-headed and ambitious we have the chance to take out this big ship let's do it let's take out its main guns and escape and they do that a bunch of people die and then leia goes into a coma they they have this like cat and mouse chase thing Mm -hmm. with the huge ship and he starts immunity once again he's still like just sort of this hot-headed character and then they knock him out and then he wakes up on a on an escape pod yeah and they're like and they explain the whole plan to him they explain the whole plan to him you should have told him the plan to begin with maybe that would be a better lesson in making him respect chain of command i I honestly for me that feels more like a failure of the movie and the Mm. failure of the script around poe poe as a character for me never really deviated i don't super love the the conceit at the start of the movie that he gets everyone killed yeah it's a dumb decision but overall like poe still feels very consistent and a lot of the time he's... I agree with his decisions. And when they try and do that plot switcheroo on you, you, you feel like yeah. angry. You don't feel like, oh, that was a smart thing. You feel annoyed. I think yeah. he's consistent, but that's sort of my problem is yeah. the fact that they imitate that his character's gone through growth when really he's just kind of the same Yeah, yeah. by the end of the movie. And they're like, but you're a leader now, but he's, he's just the same guy. Yeah. And I love Ryan Johnson, but I think there you can kind of see he loves to subvert things. And yeah. that, I think, is one of those subversions that yeah, doesn't, doesn't work. land. But, Cole, what have you got? What's wrong with Poe? Uh, so I got a, I wrote a few notes. My first thing was, and I, I think you've pretty much touched up on this, Sandro, but he kind of, like, what is his character arc, right? I, I feel like he never really, like, grows in any capacity or all that. Uh, and following on from that, what is Poe's purpose in The Force Awakens as well, right? And I, I'll probably be parroting something here I read. I, I was having a bit of a read last night. Poe's almost set up to die in the film and serve as a, um, like, his legacy is meant to leave an impression on Finn. And that kind of comes across in this fact that Finn takes, you know, his clothes to wear and all that, and he's kind of living on in his memory. But then it seems almost like they, they kind of just change that in the script because he's Oscar Isaac, right? Yeah, he's he's meant to die there. And then they just sort of, he shows up he in an X-Wing. comes back. And he's looking awesome, though. He shows up and he's flying that X-Wing over the water. Yeah, like, yeah. 
highlight. One of the I completely of forgot like how even <laughs> like how he even got there, how he's meant <laughs> yeah. to get there. Which is funny because it is a glaring plot hole. Yeah, but we just all were like, whoa, yeah, whoa. cool fight. Post back. Oh my god. Exactly. It yeah. was very hype, but then when you start to think about it, yeah, uh, we've yeah. talked about this before. The Force Awakens, very cool and very like spectacular. But if you start to think about it for a moment, it all falls That's to pieces. Full part, yeah, and I do have one more thing to this. Uh, one more thing to say. I, I believe you guys already covered the dynamic of Finn, Poe, and Ray. But my point with that is he kind of feels forced into that trio with uh, Ray and Finn. You know, it kind of feels natural that they get together. But then throughout the films, they kind of keep shoving Poe into that. Yeah. When it doesn't really feel like he belongs, at least in the context of the current sequels. Poe only meets Ray at the end of Last Jedi. And yeah. It's a very it's like a weird line. little scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate what's the What's the dialogue? It's Hi, I'm Ray. He's like, I know. I know. <laughs> it's like, shut up, man. <laughs> But I, that is actually a perfect tangent into my uh, first note. Feels too much like a Han Solo ripoff. And that line, yeah. that specific line, yeah, I know, is, is a Han Solo <laughs> line. <laughs> but even then, like, aside from that, he's very much, he's, you know, he's got the smuggler past. He's cocksure. He's a really good pilot. He's very up himself, very smug, smarmy. Very mm. much feels like a Han Solo kind of character. I think there's elements of that, but I, I don't quite see him as a Han Solo character. Hansolo's like whole sort of progression is like learning to care for others, finding oh, something. I can see that for sure. But can you see the way that rather than, you know, in a character arc sense, they it's like JJ the Abrams is like, what do they have in the OG trilogy? The How can we rip that yeah. off and put the archetype I think like in? maybe just the archetype of base skills, like yes. charisma, pilot. Yeah. yeah. Han Solo. But like roguish scoundrel, you know. There's nothing quite about like the story there that links his character's needs and wants to I Han think you're Solo. just I think you just love Han Solo. No, he's not like Han Solo, but he is. No, I, I, I love Han Solo, but <laughs> yeah, Han Solo needs to find something to fight for. Yeah. Whereas we, we meet Poe and Poe's already in the thick of it. He's already in the resistance. He's already like got a purpose. Yeah. No, that's true. Poe has no motivation. We've covered that one. He's loyal to his friends and to, to Leia and everything. Yeah. But in the sense of the story, he feels just like dropped in. You know, he's just, he's there. He's a, he's a pilot. He works for Leia. Um, he's already bought in, but we don't know why. We don't have an inkling of what drives him. Um, where he's getting this drive from, what is his history. If he's going to be a compelling side character, that needs to change. He needs to have kind of some, mm. some kind of motivation. You guys got anything? Yeah, no, I pretty much agree with all of that. And uh, that kind of, the last thing I wrote was, is he a main or is he a support? Because I feel like the sequels yeah. never decide whether no, or not. No, for sure. I think we already briefly went over it. He's sidelined in Rise of Skywalker. He gets some lines in, but like other than that, and other than getting us over to... Um, I'm Kajimi? Kajimi. Oh, blanking it everywhere today. <laughs> so hot. It's so hot. I'm losing my memory. Frying his brain. It's frying my brain. Other than getting us to Kajimi, he's kind of just an NPC yeah. in Rise of Skywalker. And it's you can draw a similarity there to like what they were doing for the, the Han and Leia plot mm -hmm. in Return of the Jedi. But at least when they sidelined Han and Leia in Return of the Jedi, they used it to focus on something that was really good. Mm. Yeah. Rather than <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. I mean, yeah. Rise of Skywalker's a whole mess. Yeah. Uh, my next question is, what is his weird relationship with Leia? They don't explain it, and they seem yeah. to have like something weird going on. Not like it has to be implicitly sexual or anything. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's but... it's just kind of weird. Like, what is their their back and forth, especially in Last Jedi? It's like, what? When did you guys meet, and in what context, and why are you yeah. acting this way? So the context of them meeting mm. is when Poe is a Resistance fighter. Oh, not a Resistance fighter. Sorry, a New Republic yeah. fighter. Whilst the New Republic is happening and whilst the First Order is growing, they have a ceasefire. But Poe notices that they're up to some sketchy shit and gets into a dogfight with one of them and disobeys orders to get into a dogfight. Mm. Ah. And it's 
him disobeying those orders to like go out and do something that he knows is right that makes Leia recruit him for I think one of the initial members of the resistance. Gotcha, mm. gotcha. That's interesting. Thank or you for having one of the initial pilots there. of the resistance. Yeah, yeah. So that's like they start off that way, and and Leia kind of re- recruits him personally, so general to absolute grunt, <laughs> and they kind of have that kind of familiarity. Yeah. I still think it feels a bit weird, but yeah, whatever. Nice. <laughs> um, but that's that's everything on my list. That's all the thing. I yeah, s- stuff I got thing thing that. <laughs> Poe has a short list. <laughs> that was a pretty short list. We've spent a lot longer on other characters. I think that's a that's a pretty yeah, short yeah. one. Let's go over into Article One Point Five. This is what we're calling it now, which is what we like about Poe, which I feel like is going to be longer because Poe mm. rules. Uh, my first one is his relationship with BB-8. Uh, I think yeah. it's super wholesome, and I love it. That's it's it. Very cute. Yeah, and it's it's nice to see BB-8's kind of like a pet, yeah. kind of like a friend as well. Exactly has that childlike aspect to it. You see BB-8 and Poe together, and I'm like, oh, I feel safe. Yeah. yeah this this is comforting. I think one of the things I like about him, besides Oscar Isaac, mm-hmm. um, it's the friendship he has with Finn as well. It feels really genuine, at least at the start. I feel like it's one of those things that they almost had in the sequels that they kind of let go and never develop it even more. Probably yeah. because they wanted to do Finn Poe, but Disney didn't want it. <laughs> um, and I will be bringing that up in this podcast a lot. But yeah, no, I, I really like the friendship he has with Finn, and I really wish we got to see a bit more of that. Yeah, I totally agree. I mm. think that's one of the things we we lost the most of. Yeah. Um, I bring this up a lot, but I just finished rewatching Avatar Last Airbender for like yeah. the sixth or seventh time. <laughs> And, like, the wholesome trio slash group dynamic that they have is something that I desperately want to bring to yeah, the sequel trilogy absolutely. rewrite. Because we have these moments with Poe and Finn or with Finn and Ray and with BB-8, and it's just awesome. It's just yeah. such great, wholesome, like, you just want to, like, pump your fist in mm. the air and go, hell yeah. yeah, this is great. And we get tiny glimpses of that, and I want to see more of that, for sure. Mm. One of the better side characters, every ace piloting scene rules. He, it's just so fun oh, to God, watch. Yeah. <laughs> It's so fun to watch. The special effects, you can't deny how good they look. Yeah. No, that time when he drifts the in, space at the drift. start of... <laughs> it's so silly, but I the love space... it. I love the space drift. Yeah. It's sort of like a love-hate thing I have where it's I enjoy his relationship with Finn, mm-hmm. although I feel like it's sparked completely out of nowhere. Yes. I, I just trust this random First Order yeah. trooper. Basically, at that point, it's his only way. It seems like he's getting out, but it, like it's very, it's very fast. I think you guys sort of summed up everything that's very fun and lovable about his character. I think Oscar Isaac adds a lot more to that character than it probably deserves. He's great to watch. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a treat to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that leads us into Article 2. I think the fastest we've ever gotten to Article 2. We're speed running this episode. Scarily fast. That being said, I can't see the time. It's all the way over there. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows how long this has taken? But fast. Article 2, our fixed pitches is what I'm Radio. calling it now. I'm going to try out that name. I don't know if I like fixed. it or not. Pitches. It sounded good in my head. That's the first time I've said it out loud. <laughs> anyway, nice. Poe, what would we do to fix him in our rewrite? Who wants yeah. to start? Ooh. I'll let you guys go first. Okay, yeah. Go. So the, I feel like this is going to be a lot of going around back yeah. and forth. Yes. I'll start us here. I like the idea that he wants to become a leader. Like he wants to, mm. he sees Leia as a role model and wants to go towards that, but struggles because of something Sandra is reading his notes with a with a funny face. I'm re- I'm reading my notes. With a very <laughs> funny face. I wrote this note at like two o'clock in the morning, and I'm Scribbles. read it out loud. Share oh. it with the class. Just <laughs> read as is. I don't want to read this out loud. <laughs> out loud. <laughs> Give me your phone. Here we go. <laughs> Where is it? Oh, it's this first. Just don't think he just that progression. <laughs> Followed by, is he a scoundrel? Three question marks. Three question marks. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Charlie and Always Sunny. <laughs> Okay. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Um, 
I think I think what I meant here, and this is going to be a bit of a roundabout trying to translate really sleep-deprived Sandro. Seems like you're talking about his progression, is and that he needs some kind of progression. Is he needs progression. Okay. Does he, what, do you have any ideas for what that would look like? I think scoundrel to leader is like a nice thing to do, but is he a scoundrel? Do you guys think it's a right place for him to start as a scoundrel? I don't necessarily think mm. so. I, it's that separation between him and Han Solo for yeah. me, whereas Han Solo starts as a scoundrel. He's awful. He doesn't care about anyone. Yeah. Poe starts as a resistance fighter. Immediately, you sort of get that. Yeah. Any other points there? It was more like shooting that out to you guys. Okay, well, yeah, shooting yeah. that out, I will, I will follow on from that one. So, in my mind, I've kind of got Poe pictured as someone who is good-natured, does the right thing, is loyal um, to Leia, but his flaw is his recklessness. Like, he just can't help but take yeah. risks. He is wanting to do the right thing, but I want it to kind of be that in the story and in the sense of his decision-making, his decisions lead to, like, his downfall or inconveniences for himself and his yeah. friends, if that makes sense. So one one thing that I've like a very specific scene that I've got because we've kind of worked a lot on the opening act of the story when they are on Jakku and Finn's there with his squadron or whatever and Poe is there I want it to be a, a thing that he's there just to scout and just to kind of surveil but he can't help but take a risk that puts himself and the mission directly in danger for whatever reason I was thinking maybe he sees like this mint condition ship and he's like oh I know there's five things in there that I could scrap and they would be very good to sell on the black market. I know I could do that right now. I can see a squad heading this way, but yep. I know I can make it. And he's just kind of got that assuredness, and mm. that leads to the inciting incident and him getting captured with Finn and leading into the story. Yeah, yeah. So there's something like that, or he's like, I reckon I can take these guys out. I think that's the mm. best thing, is to take direct action right now. So there's I, two different options there. But yeah. Mm. If I can jump off those points, uh, I think uh, we bring up a good point that he seems really out of odds with like the resistance and all that. I think it's actually a really interesting thing that he kind of, well, I guess to parrot off, a point I wrote was that Finn feels like a Rebel Alliance member taken out of that era and put into the Resistance. Because when you think about it like this, right, the Rebel Alliance were this uh, ragtag band of all these oddballs, you know, and if you watch Andor, you see that no one really had an idea of what they wanted to put in afterwards, but it was just a ton of people who wanted to stop the Empire. They were very energetic, they were very, like, running and gunning and all that. But then when you think about the Resistance, they're, they're an arm, like the secret arm of the galactic government, right? Yeah. There's an air of professionalism, which you kind of get in The Last Jedi with Admiral Holdo and all that. Yeah. And it feels like they're way more organized and have all these resources behind them, kind of, even though they are kind of just a reprint of yeah. the Rebels. But there is that distinction. And Poe very much feels like um, he would fit way more with the Rebel Alliance. And I think that's a very interesting dynamic because how does that create conflict with this more professional take on the Rebel Alliance mm. with this guy who's in a position of power who doesn't really blend well with all the other people so i think it could be really interesting to explore that and kind of have it you know contrast with a, a more you know uniform militaristic yeah kind of resistance and it really mm -hmm. yeah it shows the differences between the rebels and the resistance which isn't really explored at all i think we're initially where we started in the old treatment was we were introducing him because we, the resistance doesn't quite exist yet yeah yeah, yeah. um I think we discussed previously, like earlier in the show, like the First Order doesn't quite have the the amount of power it has at the mm. start of Return of the uh, Rise of Force Awakens. Awakens. Yeah, yeah. What has happened to you today? I don't know. <laughs> I have not gotten enough sleep. There's a lot of interesting stuff we're tackling here. So I think mm. talking about like who is like what is Poe's personality, what is his dynamic with Leia, and talking about that that is interesting. But where we're starting, and I think what we're talking about is having there be no resistance. Yeah, I So agree. with that in mind, what could you see Poe's relationship to Leia and his goals and motivations looking like would be yeah. the question. 
Well, um, extrapolating from what we do kind of know of him in the sequel trilogy, like I know you, you I think before the podcast began, we were talking about how he was a, um, a spice runner of sorts, so mm-hmm. a criminal. I honestly, I don't feel like that meshes with his character well. Okay. Because it kind of is like a, a retake on Han Solo. But honestly, when we meet him in um, The Force Awakens, he really seems like one of the best of the best of the military, right? He seems like he has a lot of military experience behind him. He's one of the best fighters the Resistance have. I think what we should see in uh, your proposed rewrite is maybe how he got to that rank, especially if we're seeing the start of the Resistance as well. That's brilliant. Mm. I had a ridiculous idea, but Mm. that actually kind of makes my dumb idea work. Okay. So picture this. He's Maverick from Top Gun. He's Maverick. Yeah, he's always wanted to be a a pilot. He joined the New Republic, you know, Starfighter, Fleet, whatever. And he's the best of the best. And his family, a military family, and his mom... Ready. You're not ready for this. Oh, there is lore on who his parents are. Forget the lore. His mom's Captain Phasma. Oh. (laughs) Sandro's face looked like he just ate a lemon. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. I love this show. It's so dumb. (laughs) You get to say the stupidest shit. You do get to say the stupidest (laughs) shit. (laughs) Bear with me. Okay. Captain Phasma, hardcore military mom. He's born into a military family. His parents are both like high ranking Mm. New Republic military figures. His mom is getting radicalized by this new emerging political force. And she's going more and more towards kind of the the political right sorry right wing snowflakes fuck off anyway uh, is <laughs> dying right now um captain phasma shoots and kills his dad after they have like a fight about this like growing political sentiment mm. uh and then she disappears off the face of the planet and poe knows that like captain phasma is his mom and so that is kind of like maybe a personal attack yeah as to when he sees her he reacts in like a very specific way and that kind of ties into the whole idea of star wars being a family soap opera now Go ahead, take it apart. It's a bit too much of a family soap opera into what we already have. Yes. He's not a main character. He is not. This kind of does make him more (laughs) of a main character. We're talking about establishing him as a side character. I'm not saying side characters can't have backstory. If we're, you know, we're we're dumping a lot of exposition or, like, working a lot of that into a story beat, it might get a bit loose and might distract from where the main characters we are focusing on. And there are already quite a few characters. We have some family dramas already. And we do already have some family dramas. You don't want to take away from the main Yeah, ball. yeah. Cole, we, you got any takes? I, I like the idea, but I, th- I think Sandra is right that maybe it would, um, like, it really does shift him into much more of a main character perspective. I do think uh, it doesn't hurt to, like, um, explore, really, the depths of uh, backstory for any side character, because you only just have to choose what to show. But I, I definitely like the idea that maybe he is kind of like the black sheep as, of his family, you know? Yeah. And maybe it could show that generational divide between the new people growing up with the New Republic versus the people who were there for the Empire. If we were to go with that idea, you know, maybe Phasma was um, in the military when the Empire was around and maybe with the changing of the old guard, you know, she was shifted into the New Republic, sort of like uh, like maybe an Operation Paperclip kind of situation, you know? Mm. Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> after World War II, the uh, the Americans recruited a ton of Nazi scientists to put them in NASA and stuff like that. The Russians ah. did it as well. Yeah. So essentially the idea I'm trying to go for there is that if the uh, the majority of admin, the majority of military in the in the galaxy would have been empire, right? Yeah. And when the rebels take over, they're not just gonna like arrest, or arrest yeah, ninety percent yeah. of the people who are working in galactic. Yeah, they government. gotta go somewhere. Exactly. So there would have to be a lot of people who were there working for the empire who are now working for the new republic. Gotcha. So that could be that is interesting. That is interesting. I like that. Maybe pose like descended from some of these people who were working for the like the empire, and then yeah. just kind of got that connection. Yeah, Maybe, like, yeah. Some of that guilt. Yeah. Who knows? Something like that. Yeah. But maybe, yeah, tying him into more of this kind of 
military, like I said, maverick yeah. kind of character, as opposed to someone who is an ex-scoundrel. So I probably should have done this during the context of Poe Dameron. Okay. But completely blank through my head during the time, because I thought we were just talking about like him in the movies. So as well as him being a spice runner, mm -hmm. turned Republic Academy pilot, turned yep. resistance pilot, his two, both of his parents come from the rebel background. Um, his dad was one of the foot troopers serving under Han Solo on Endor. Mm -hmm. And his mom was one of the A-Wings that flew into the Death Star, Death Star 2. Right. So he's got, like, this heritage, like, his rebel heritage. Um, and the lore is that his mom taught him to fly her X-Wing. Oh, that's like very a, sweet. At, like, awesome. a young yeah. age. Yeah. I wish we could have seen any of that. Yeah, movies. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you have EU, so you can expand on these side yeah. characters. I get that. But if you've got a character who doesn't have motivation or drive, mm -hmm. and you could have yeah. one scene, even one conversation that kind of you know, leads yeah. to that and yeah. kind of gives you I've something. I've been in this like, fight since, I've been, since yeah. I was six years old. Even that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, maybe like, uh, maybe his mother was like really close with Leia and that would explain why they have mm. such a close relationship. That's cool know? too. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and I guess to also go off that, I really like the idea that Poe, you know, idolizes the Rebel Alliance from back yeah. in the day. Mm. And I think that could also be interesting to explore with the ideas of nostalgia that are kind of thrown around in the sequel trilogy as well. Actually, you know what? I, um, I'm liking that direction a bit more, that he does have this rebel kind of family history mm. and lineage. And then that's kind of almost radicalized him from birth. And yeah, then you have yeah. these two opposing forces where Finn has been, you know, indoctrinated yeah, since he was yeah. a kid. And then he meets Poe, who is pretty much indoctrinated since he was a kid too. I think it works. Sides. I, I yeah. think, like, Poe has to learn his enemy yep. yes not not in the sense of like i need to know like how they move he has to learn that his enemy are people yes yeah and that's that's what he gets out of the finn poe relationship but yeah finn has to learn that oh the first order is kind of pretty fucked up <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. for sure the first order are wrong but it's mm. it's wrong also to, to, to see your enemy as faceless numbers exactly and yeah if we have that scene at the start be that he sees this like squadron of six he's like i can take it i can kill these men right yeah, now yeah. and get away with it that kind of feeds into that character of he has numbed yeah. himself to this violence. And we don't want to go too violent or dark mm. with it, but he's like, I can take him. And in the story, you feel this this desire to take them out personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that's a that's a cool kind of inciting yeah, incident. And, I, I and the consequences of his actions leading to the rest of the story, I think yeah, that works yeah. as well. Mm. I think that really plays well into the ideas you want to explore with political radicalization. Radicalization. Yeah, we yeah. do want to explore that, even yeah, if yeah. we shouldn't, if we're woefully yeah, yeah. unprepared to do so. <laughs> Fuck you, Disney. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, no, wait. we don't actually hate Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. no, no, no. We don't like Disney, but it's the, the writers that we're not like, we don't want to ham on too hard. <laughs> yeah. Disney's a corporation. They don't care about us. Yeah, That's yeah, fine. Yeah. I'd like to apologize on behalf of our potential sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cole's getting us in trouble this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, imagine the effect that would have on someone who, from a young age, is seen imperial ex-imperial as oh this they are evil they, they are, are evil. like faceless nazis kind of thing like yeah. you don't need to think about the enemy and then like going into a base and seeing them or like finding out that they are recruiting children and yeah. indoctrinating kind of like shifts your whole worldview yeah yeah you know? yeah no cool stuff I, i'm really liking that a lot anything um, else we need to kind of dive into like i guess if this is backstory and this is the start mm. where where can we go from here how okay. does he change well i think a question also is now how is he so close with Leia? Because mm -hmm. in our current treatment, Leia recruits him as a spy to get information from the First Order. What's his connection with Leia? Because mm -hmm. his connection with Leia initially is that he's a resistance pilot. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a he's a New Republic pilot yes. that goes after the First Order during a ceasefire. So the First Order is pretty huge already. Then Leia recruits him to the resistance. And that's how they grow that connection. Mm. I think I've got your answer. Yeah. So he's sort of got, he's kind of like Andor. Maybe he is, like Cole said earlier, 
the son of one of Leia's friends who is yeah. in the rebellion, right? Or you know, mm. Han, similar, it doesn't matter. And he's been radicalized and he's grown up. Yeah. And he's kind of a little bit ruthless. He has a ruthless streak mm. in him. And Leia sees this, and because she's, it's like, you know, godson almost in that sense of relationship, she sees this and she's like, I'm going to put him to work as a spy. He's really, really yeah. good at it, but I'm going to try and encourage him not to, like, give in to that ruthless kind of nature. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, I would like to uh, go on that point as well. Uh, and this is kind of a side tangent related to Leia, but no. I think it's really interesting that the resistance kind of they're kind of like a secret police that Leia's established right yeah. without letting the senate know or anything like mm -hmm. that and that's kind of fucked up <laughs> yeah. yeah so it could be really interesting if you, we get like this kind of twisted version of rebellion at first where they're like you know not really democratic or anything like that they're hidden but to the public and all that and they're eliminating political enemies right. <laughs> like that that's what they are right so, i think maybe that's I, a bit darker than it's, it's a bit dark so but, far, um, but yeah it's an idea to explore, I reckon. Yeah. Maybe something, in a more lighthearted way. Something else to focus on is that the resistance doesn't really officially exist. Yeah. Within, like, the context of this. This um, treatment that we've got. Within this treatment. Yes, okay. Leia is still, like, running very much on the political side. Yeah. But yeah, her yeah. political opponent is this, like, new faction of government. Yeah, yeah. And we're calling them the First Order for now. Mm. But, like, that's more of just a filler name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that might be a bit confusing. We're saying yeah. resistance and First Order, but they don't really kind of exist in our mind. Yeah, yet. yeah. They're kind of growing. Yet. And, like, the need for something like the Resistance, for something like a Rebellion, doesn't yeah. really come till maybe the end of the first yeah, movie. Yeah. We're sort of planning for Leia to get mm. kicked out of politics. With that context, I think it is a cool yeah. idea, like, the secret that, police. Yeah, it, yeah. But Leia's sort of, like, starting up something that's, like, yeah. kind of off the books and yeah, it's kind of sketch. If she's, like, like, even if he's just a spy, you know, if she's spying on political enemies, that is still a huge problem. That, that is kind into. of, yeah, 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 a big deal. That would, Especially, I think, if she says, spy on them, don't do anything, because yeah. you will get me into trouble, and then he decides exactly. to take yeah, like, life into yeah. his own hands. Yeah. That's a big issue. Yeah, that's exactly. Like some big, uh, that would get a conflict. Out. It's yeah. like Watergate. Oh, yeah. Like, that can add into the kind of final, the, the last act, big climax, where we have Leia being outed in the Senate and being revealed to be Darth Vader's granddaughter or oh, Darth Vader's daughter sorry my bad and they say you know it's Darth Vader's daughter she's been using the force to influence political ties this whole mm. time because she's been keeping it secret all plausible lies yeah and then they say she's been sending spies to you yeah. know murder and assassinate political <laughs> yeah. enemies here's proof and it's footage of Poe murdering like yeah. force order troopers mm. uh <laughs> something about oh, the fight scene because we were talking about I can't remember when we were talking about it where we were talking about when Poe takes out first troop uh, the first order troopers at the start of the movie yeah in this like sort of fight scene that leaves like Finn being the only one left, but yes. also Poe like the only one left of his guys, or maybe it's just him. I think yeah, in my um, mind it's just him. It's just Poe. Poe and BB-8, and they team up. <laughs> the fight scene at the start of the movie that initially initially you're like, oh my god, yeah, this is really cool, and then later on it's and, a war crime, and it's like, <laughs> oh no, yeah. oh no, yeah. what's he done? Oh man, I yeah, I'm really lucky. Yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. But my my question remains: where does if this is the start? And that's kind of the end. What is his journey? What is he changing? Is he becoming less ruthless by talking to Finn throughout the movie and oh, having that I, character conflict? I think yeah, so. I feel, I feel yeah. it would have to be. Yeah. I think, um, so with the idea is you're saying like, if we do go with that idea, is the footage from like the very start of the film? Uh, yeah. In that yeah. opening kind of fight. It could be really interesting if like, you know, by the end of the film, that's, he regrets that, you know? Yes. Because he's yeah, had this he, chance to he talk understands and, and humanize happened. Finn because Finn's been there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Journey. Completely changing the context of that fight. Exactly, yeah. We do run into an issue, though. What's the issue? And it's not a Poe issue, but it's sort of just like a general issue that I know just the sequels go into as well. Yeah. Where the second we establish 
that are faceless enemies aren't faceless enemies. How do we justify Killing gunning them, them yeah. down for the rest of the They're sequels? They're still Nazis. Because, like, <laughs> we saw, we have, like, this whole thing in there. Yeah. I'm going to go on a Finn tangent. I'm going to avoid going on a Finn tangent. But, like, Finn's ex-First Order. Yes. He knows the process of, like, getting indoctrinated into First Order. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then he continues to slaughter First Order. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then yeah. next movie, he's running down the corridor. It's like, bah, 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 bah. Yeah, no, it's pretty fucked. I got a simple and lazy answer for you. We just write better. Like, <laughs> I think the the goals that they have as characters can be not including let's shoot people. Like, that's not first option for them. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it should be. Mm. Because they will have Poe on their side and Poe will be, let's not kill them all because they we need to change their minds on this. We need to convince them to, to come to our side, not just kill them until they join. Yeah. That, I think, could be... Almost like uh, in a, in No Way Home, one of the I think the best things they did was we've been killing villains for years. Let's go back and try and fix them instead. Yeah, yeah. And I think that you know we're trying to save heroes, not uh, save villains, not kill them. I think yeah. that's a beautiful little choice. Yeah, and I think we can do something of... similar with this. It's been thirty. Wait, it's been nearly fifty years since the original trilogy. We've got we've evolved as society and as writers. We don't want to just have faceless villains that we're yeah, shooting yeah. at. I'm not critiquing George Lucas's writing. Yeah, I yeah. love it. And it works for the time, but for this mm. in this time, writing, I think we can do a bit of a, sh- a shift where we're yeah. not encouraging senseless violence and war. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Would yeah. be a cool direction to take it with, I think. No, I agree. Yeah, I think it's a fortieth anniversary of Return of the Jedi this year. Yeah, wow. Yeah, wild. Mm. But I, I think to answer your question, I think just having that kind of political bent where it's people trying to convince first and then fighting, and it being almost tragic when they fail to mm. convince yeah. them. You know, you don't want them to fight, even if the fight's sick as hell. <laughs> You know, it's still, you know, that kind of tragic thing. And yeah, and I mean, like, that. that's one of the beautiful things about the prequels, despite their flaws. Like, yeah. there's this core theme of this war that you really don't want happening and, like, brothers turning against brother and all that. Yeah. I mean, it ends with Anakin versus Obi-Wan, you Yeah, know? I think that's, like, a really great position for his starting and end point in the first movie. Yes. Do we have an idea of maybe what an overarching arc would look like? So he or... starts out ruthless, kills a bunch of dudes, doesn't really think much of it gets trapped with Finn by Rey, mm. and then the three of them begin to adventure together. He's trying to convince Rey that he is in the... Uh, he's working for Leia. She's like, who? <laughs> like, who's Leia? Or something like that. And then Finn's in the first order, and she's like, who? She doesn't know anything. She's from Backwater Planet. That's just one idea. And they're mm. journeying, and he's trying... He convinces them, I'm a really good pilot. I'm going to get us off this rock. Yeah. Kind of thing. They journey, maybe crash land on the planet. He's like, I know a guy... Gonna take us to Han Solo. We these are ideas we played with in the treatment mentioned on other yeah. podcasts as well. Takes them to Han Solo so that they can get a ship of some kind. His ultimate goal is to try and get back to Leia, pretty much by any means necessary. And I think going with that ruthless bent, mm-hmm. that leans us towards any means necessary. So any opposition they come into, he's just like bang, 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 bang. I'm gonna shoot them all because maybe they're being hunted by Captain Phasma. I think we played with that idea as well. Yeah. So every time they come into one of these conflicts and these fights, maybe Finn is pushing against. Hey, let's not kill them. Can we just like? turn blasters to stun or something and mm. and you know beat them like hand-to-hand combat kind of style mm. instead of just like blasting that everyone we see and then you come into the conflict of you know but what if they they're just going to keep coming after us unless we put them in the ground <laughs> which is pretty brutal so i don't know how we're going to approach that but. <laughs> yeah so that's i don't know i'm just kind of spitballing here someone someone save me i'm drowning <laughs> <laughs> no i think that's really cool and one of, one of the things to move on with that i i reckon is yeah i really think we want to explore how finn and poe become friends especially if now they're they're going to start off way more contentious as well. Mm. Yeah. They're totally radicalized on the opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah. How how do they become friends from there, you know? Yeah. I guess that's one of those, like, what, are, what do those moments look like? What's some way you can convince someone that you're mm. a good person and that you're in the right? You know? Yeah. I, it's yeah. it's going to, like, no matter what, it has to start off with, like, a lot of arguing. Oh, the arguing is really interesting. Yeah. Um, not, like... 
deep philosophical argument. I'm thinking more just like like angry. Relentful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Angry, angry at each other. Like I think I I remember when I was like playing with this idea, but um, we were talking about Ray handcuffing both of them and like planning on like maybe selling them off or doing something when they when she finds both of them. I love the idea of both of them tied up, but mm. they're still like at each other's throats. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, actually. I've got a cool scene. Maybe like a night around like a campfire or something. And Ray's like, what are you two fighting about? Like, I don't understand. What, mm, what is mm. driving you to fight each other? And then they're arguing, bickering. And she's like, right, right, shut up. Finn, what do you think? And he just says it out loud. He's like, this is my story. And then he's like, Poe, what do you think? And he's like, listening to Finn, he's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that at all. And he just instantly in that moment kind of learns yeah. that Finn's perspective is so radically different from his. And he sees the world. In such an opposite way, well, well, this is what I see. Finn's like, nah, man, <laughs> that ain't it. Or like, vice versa, whatever. Like, they have that kind of moment where Ray is literally their mediator, and she's getting one of them to show yeah, up while the yeah. other talks. I think that could be a cool like campfire scene where yeah, they have yeah. that kind of talk, and it's not deep and philosophical. Yeah, but it's just philosophical enough for it to be Disney content. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like a, one of those like animated film kind of moments where it's like, oh, it makes you actually yeah, think yeah, about yeah. something. Nice, deep, and meaningful. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a cool scene. Yeah, and I like the idea that Ray is kind of the grounded one as well. You know, yeah. she's from a backwater planet. She would have, you know, she's not caught up in all this uh, wider politics and all that, so she's yeah. not going to be as radicalized. She's able to offer that more uh, grounded perspective, really. I like the groundedness. Yeah. I also like her, like, obliviousness. Mm. Yeah. In the first opening scenes of the film, I kind of want her to not care. Just like, shut up and stop bickering. I want to get off yeah. this planet or I want to get away from danger. Shut up. <laughs> I, yeah. Until they get to a point where they can breathe for a moment, and then she's like, yeah. all right, really, what is happening? Yeah. I think it was like tossed around a bit in the Ray episode of she doesn't quite care about politics because it hasn't mm. had a direct effect on her. Yeah. yeah. No matter what her life hasn't. Her life and her world is very much trying to exist and survive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like politics is too big of a, an idea, really. She's not brave enough. Just for politics. Yeah. She's not brave enough for politics. <laughs> but, I, but I take it her arc then is that eventually she comes to realize that she should really care about the wider galaxy as well or? Mm. Oh, maybe. But yeah. this yeah. isn't a Ray episode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Of um, course. I like the idea of him progressing from there into more of a leader role. Are we going to expand kind of scope to look at... Expand the scope. To look at the second and third movie? Second and third movie. Mm. I love it. Let's go. Because after having learned that lesson, the first movie, you sort of get that composure that I think is needed in a leader. Understanding who your enemy is. You got that kind of like Thrawn Thrawn level, like four moves ahead kind of thing, you know? (laughs) Not, but not detached psychopath Thrawn. Yeah. Just like understands the enemy. Oh, yeah, you've been watching Rebels. I haven't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I oh. thought you mentioned you were watching Rebels the other I day. I started watching Rebels, and then I stopped. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, um, he's got to keep watching Rebels. <laughs> I've, I'm almost finished. i got to get through it sometime. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Um, so, in the second movie, he's learned that lesson, and he's going to take that, and he's going to, what? He's going to lead against the other guys. I think the next thing is, we have hacked his senselessness. Yeah. The next thing would be to attack his ego. Thinking he's like the best of the best. Because he is. <laughs> I, I like the idea that he has ego at the start. Okay. Yeah. I get that that sort of does put him a bit closer to Han Solo levels, but he's a good pilot and he knows it. But he's not a great leader. And yeah. then in um, the second film, he can become a great leader. Yeah. So it's it's still similar to, I think, where Last, like what Last Jedi was trying to do. But I think where Last Jedi falls on that is, as I mentioned in the problem section, it's... He learns this lesson, but yeah. really he But it's like he was rational. doesn't really yeah. learn a lot. He was yeah. making a good decision like, yeah. from his perspective. From, from his perspective. He, I think Poe should die and Finn take over. That's what I wrote. <laughs> I think that, you know, follows logically. He learns, he, he is a great leader. He succeeds, but he, has, he makes the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. And then in that moment, he's like, Finn, it's, it's you now. Like, you have to do this. Mm. And that kind of ties into Finn's story where it's like the ultimate 
switch where Finn has gone from radicalized First Order trooper to full change. He takes over from Poe, takes up the mantle, and leads the, the resistance. Maybe he dies where everyone thought Leia was going to die when she gets sucked out. That's still really early on in Last that Jedi, is, though. Oh, yeah, no. I'm like, thinking I don't mean, like, like the in end. the same timeline, but, like, sort of, like, the same yeah. setup, same like gist. That. Gotcha. Or, like, yeah, maybe he does the, maybe he does the Hondo thing. Hondo? Oh, the, the hold, Holdo. Yeah, what if he, he does the, the Holdo maneuver? Thing. That's actually sick. I actually kind of love that. Mm. It's one can, in a million. It's <laughs> one in a million. <laughs> I, I, I kind of uh, like that. I like the idea of, like, a leader's sacrifice. Yeah. I think that's a a cool move for him to pull, and then he he truly becomes the leader, and then he dies, and then we've got less character bloat in the third movie. Yeah. Everyone wins. So let's talk about Poe's role in the third movie. He's dead. No. (laughs) He's (laughs) gone. I I think that's one possible option we can do. Then again, like, we have so many of these legacy characters that we're kind of going to want to kill off as well. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know really where to go from here, because... Yeah. uh, Let's maybe toss out some other ideas for what he could do in the second movie. Yeah, okay. well, rather than dying heroically. Mm. Any, anyone got anything? Well, I like the idea that he's a leader, right? And mm. that he's going to step into that position. I, obviously, I think we'll need to explore what the catalyst is for him stepping up into a leadership role. And if he started from much more of a, um, like, you know, he was kind of like a lone wolf kind of soldier, you know? And what does that look like in a role of a leader? In a role of a leader, yeah. yeah. He probably wouldn't be the type of person who communicates very well with other leaders. And mm. have, have you guys seen Game of Thrones? Yeah. So, you know, the uh, scene where Rob Stark, you know, gives the command to... um block off the mountain's castle. And then his uh, his commander goes, oh, no, I went and seized an opportunity. I captured this little town over here. And then Rob reveals, oh, well, I didn't want you doing that because now the mountain's escaped. But he never told his commander why it was important he stuck with the plan. Yeah, right. So that could be a big thing where Poe just kind of expects people to like follow him because he's the best, right? Yeah. And then whenever people actually take the initiative and do things he didn't want, it's not really their fault. He wasn't being he wasn't a leader. That. Yeah. I think that's an exact flip of what we see in Last Jedi. Yeah, Where exactly. Instead of him just wanting to trust, he's expecting others to implicitly trust him. Yeah, yeah. I like that uh, an idea you brought up earlier in the episode mm. where his mindset is still that of a rebel. Yeah, he's yeah. He's stuck in like that rebel guerrilla fighting attitude, mm. and he's not used to being in this situation where... He's at the top of the military hierarchy. Top yeah. of the military hierarchy. It's a bit more professional. Yeah line of command exists and then so the the lack of communication there leads to some kind of like fatal flaw something going wrong the plan goes awry so and then we have to ask so how is he getting thrust into this role as well what's the catalyst in the second movie so uh, now we get into the weeds because we don't actually know okay yeah (laughs) we've got a treatment for the first film and it ends off in a kind of a right now in a bit of a sour tone okay in that you know they're all outlaws ben has fallen to the dark side and luke is wanting to bring him back yeah so when we start the movie we've kind of had it in mind that luke maybe has been for the past couple years searching for ben and trying to find him and bring him back and he's failed and at the very start he's going to come in and say like hey i want to work with leia han you know ray finn and poe and work with all of you guys to find ben and you know stop all this evil in the galaxy and then i think we had like a loose assumption that on the leia side of things Mm -hmm. she'd be start building what would be the resistance in yes. the original sequel trilogy. Mm. And we've had a very loose idea that that might start in the criminal underworld. <laughs> and, okay. and start like, because they can't go to the New Republic. She's completely outlawed. She's a wanted yeah, girl now. Yeah. So they have to go to the underworld and maybe find some somewhat morally good mm. people there. Which is interesting because initially we're talking about Poe being our link to the criminal underworld. Yes. But where... I mean, now it could be Han. <laughs> like, yeah, from yeah. the way we're talking, it's a bit, it's a bit loose. Maybe it is Han. Maybe we spend a bit more time with Han in this movie than we spend with Leia, because yeah. Leia's mm-hmm. gonna. It seems like we're given a lot of a lot of screen time to Leia in this movie. In the first movie I, or the second movie? In in the first movie. Okay. Yeah. And 
we've talked loosely about we have a pretty big political setup in the first movie and it gives us a really strong understanding of how the galaxy is thinking what's the mindset of common folk mm. yeah it'd be interesting to then go see more of that common folk from Hans i would actually underworld love to kind of see that because in the first movie we're getting the very outer rim with ray and jakku um and also we know jakku is in the like the core worlds but we're gonna yeah. be swapping that around we'll, we'll change okay. that <laughs> yeah so um we know that the outer rim is like very distant from politics politics they don't really care mm. when we go to these like second movie worlds it'll be a good to see like the middle class he's yeah, the normal yeah. star wars person here's what they think is what their lives are and i think maybe poe seeing that could be eye opening where he's so dedicated to this cause and they're like mm. this cause hasn't really helped us at all we're still under the huts or whatever yeah, kind yeah. of crime faction they mm. still control us out here we mm. don't really look up to you or respect you yeah and he has to kind of face that and then hans they're like yeah they don't care about you kiddo like yeah you're an yeah. idiot you like not everything revolves around the rebellion i think as well it could be really interesting because if if leia's with them as well she since she's kicked out of politics now and she's actually going through the universe maybe she can see the failings of her government as well in places where they've overlooked with crime and all that mm. like i mean one of the interesting things about like the prequels is that you know the senate it was corrupt there were so many people funneling in money for yeah. politicians and all that and the question then is does that continue with the new republic is there corruption in the senate so i think the idea that Leia and the Resistance have to be kind of confronted with the failings of the New Republic. Could be really interesting. And then, what does um, how does Poe feel about the New Republic after the Rebels took over and all that? Poe's connection to the underworld is perhaps just through extension of Leia and Han. Okay, after mm. he becomes a spy. So, so initially we have like his connection to the underworld, going to Kijimi and whatnot, is yeah. from his background in my smuggling. Yeah, he was a spice, spice trade, spice running. Running, yeah. yeah, running. That's it. It's, it's got to be a really cool space word. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it comes from his background of space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's dying today. <laughs> this is Dude, great. it's so hot. If you have, <laughs> we're nearly it's there. We're hard nearly to there. Put into words how hot it is today. Yeah. Comes from his background in spice running. Nice. Maybe his his connections through the underworld come from his background as a spy for Leia. Maybe meeting Han. Maybe Leia doesn't want to directly work with Han, but has no problem with, like, sort of using that connection. So she sends Poe to sort of talk to Han a bit. Um, Interesting. Just the the idea that Han and Poe know each other, have some kind of rapport, and through Han, Poe has been getting diving more into the criminal side and knowing people to get connections to be a good spy for Leia. And then that's kind of the connection. I like that. I think that's interesting. But also, I think it'd be cool that even though Poe has connections Mm -hmm. from a spy background, this time, like, he thinks he has connections, but he it's hit or miss whether those connections are actually trustworthy yeah. towards him yeah. or not. But he sees them as good connections. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, these are some people I met when I was doing some spy work on this planet. Yeah, yeah right, some right. Spy work. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> these are bad people. And also, <laughs> some of them want to help, and some of them are like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> mm. That's just for the sake of, like, comedic beat. Is That's that's what that kind of sounds like to me. Yeah, comedic beat, I think it. Tells you a bit about him, though. Tells you a bit about him. That okay. he's, like... He's naive? Naive, it's but also, awesome. like... He puts, cocky, like... Right? Think of it as, like, he puts a lot of trust into people. Ah. Oh, maybe okay. too maybe too fast. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Interesting. Um, I think we're coming into a bit of conflict there. That with... might conflict with some of the stuff we were setting up earlier. So, is yeah. he a ruthless military kid who isn't involved in, like, the crime world, who doesn't believe in crime? Or is he, like, I'll do things by any means necessary i'll go into the crime world i don't care whatever anything for the mission kind of like Andor. where mm. is this character kind of falling what do we what do we feel about him so we're talking about leia recruiting him as a spy 
Yes. Yeah. So he comes from a family that has military background. <laughs> just terrible up there. Yeah, I did. I did completely fail <laughs> yeah. off there. That's all right. Somebody, I, somebody help me. I don't okay. know if we're going to make much forward progress on that one. I think yeah. we can call it there because we're running out of time anyways. Unless we – any final notes um, on that that train of thought? Well, it's a good It's, it's it. a good question to ask. Does he want to be a spy? Does he want to be into the military? Or is him doing spy work, him seeing himself as a rebel because it's a bit more guerrilla? Ah. I think that's – yeah, that's a really like good Like you mentioned where yeah. the nostalgia, he's like, yeah, I like yeah, being yeah, a bit underground. More... You know, um, yeah. getting the real action done. Yeah, the exactly. politics is bullshit. I, I do the real work. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting, very cocky – youthful attitude to have yeah yeah i, I, I really i brought like it that. back i brought it back nice <laughs> you saved it i like it i yeah. did any any final notes call yeah no I, I don't think i have anything at the top of my head i, I really like all of that and yeah. i think as well um because leia in government she probably wouldn't have really associated with crime or anything like that and now that the resistance really does have to be this underground thing maybe they do have to turn to the underworld for support and you know maybe she sends poe in to like have to engage with that and how does he cope with the really sketchy things they're having to do now, and is he going to accept the help of shady figures? I don't know, but mm. I, but I like where we're heading with this, and there's I, a bit of a moral dilemma there. Yeah, exactly, and I really like um, going with the idea that he does look up to the rebellion. I think that's a that's a cool like thing to pivot off. Yeah, yeah, it, that would be really cool. Just it instigates like... a good few. It has synergy with a good few situations. Holy dooly! I honestly totally forgot that Mello messaged in from Chinchilla. And I just opened up his notes doc. It's oh, long. I was I was thinking about the notes <laughs> yeah. consciously whilst we were going through this episode. Wait, so you've brought up some of the mellow stuff as well? Or? Um, I brought up some stuff that Kamalu wasn't quite fond of was his character progression. Yeah. In episode nine, I'd argue that there wasn't really any character progression in episode nine. Yep. Let's read out some of this well, stuff. Well, they fly now, right? Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> All right. So he had very little development in episode nine. Very good. He received a cool backstory, but it was too little too late. Should have been known from episode eight at the latest. Correct. We'll, we'll, we'll mark it. And then he'll listen back to this and be like, oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> Tangent. It's obviously okay to introduce new and exciting information about a character or even later installments of the franchise, provided it does not contradict the progress previously made. Uh, Poe being a spice runner turned rebel pilot would influence his motivations uh, and drastically change the person who he was. Mm. We've, we've definitely covered this, um, and I think I agree with everything he's saying here. Um, development episode So you think nine. he should be a spice runner? Uh, it, no, what he's saying there is that it's... Oh, like it, him becoming Spice Runner radically changes motivations yeah. and should have been thought of before, not after. Yeah. Totally agree. Poe is actually one of my favorite parts of the trilogy. I think we've all agreed we all really yeah. like Poe. Unfortunately, a good part of that is actually attributed uh, attributed to him in Poe Dameron comic book series. <laughs> and then in brackets, it fucking slaps. <laughs> uh, they make him exciting initially, then give him a proper arc, and then they give him backstory. Uh, but the order of those is a mess by the trilogy's end. This is so long, Mello. I'm so sorry that I didn't read this before. <laughs> and he put so much effort into this. Uh, what I would change, I like that Poe has a dark history as a spice runner. Um, he could be a very key link to the underworld, something we've talked about as well, mm. uh, which is something I would love for us to explore. So that does contradict what we've talked about here and mm. him being, yeah. idolizing the rebels and being kind of the spy for Leia mm. in the rebel history there. The darker history, I definitely think there's some back and forth and we might, yeah. we may, we'll make a decision today and we'll yeah. maybe change it tomorrow. Who knows? Especially like coming from... It was also one of those things that just makes him a bit too Han Solo. It definitely yeah. makes like him feel just, like Han Solo. It makes him come out as a scoundrel. And I think for that reason, for now, we'll be leaning away from that. Mm. But I'm just going to quickly scan through the rest of his notes here. Can, uh, vamp. Vamp. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 so you, you haven't seen Last Jedi. Was there any no. reason to that? Uh, no, I've seen The Last Jedi. Oh, I haven't no, seen Rise of Skywalker. seen Rise of yeah. Skywalker. Uh, well, when it came out, I kind of was sick of Star Wars. And... Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and I just, since I've never gotten around to it, I've seen clips, and the more I see of it, the less I want to see it. <laughs> I feel like now I have to watch it. I do want to do my uh, rewatch of all the sequels again. Oh, yeah, lovely. And I think for the podcast, I'll definitely do that. And I can come in with my uh, my review. Oh, yeah, oh, that'd I'd be awesome. To, yeah. I'd love to, like, hear the episode of you just coming in and being like, like so uh, I just saw Rise of Skywalker. Oh. I'm changed forever now. Thanks, yeah. guys. <laughs> Best experience. Anyways, I just got to wrap up these notes real quick. Sorry, guys. Cool, cool. No worries. So, Melo, I'm going to just, like, top point these out. Melo says, must keep BB-8 in that dynamic. Agree. Check. Must keep uh, the black ship for longer. The black and orange uh, fighter. Oh, it looks so mm. cool. Very cool. Absolutely. Everyone loves that ship. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I want Poe to be a humanoid alien. We need more alien characters at the forefront of oh, Star Wars. We mentioned I do this, think that's a cool idea. Brought it up in the we haven't brought it up. We're just going to leave that there. That's just yeah. an idea. I like that idea. I'm going to leave it. it. Yeah. The casting episode. Mello wants, it to, <laughs> Mello wants him to be more of a spy pilot as opposed to a soldier pilot. That's in direct conflict Ooh. with what we've been talking about this episode. Mm. I don't think he should be a big leader from the start. Um, like... The other mm. movies made it out to be. I think it'd be, you know, Leia's spy. We're on the same page there. And then directly agreeing with us, I envisioned Poe's journey and arc being wrapped up in two movies with him dying at the climax of episode eight. So we've talked about that as well. Yeah. yeah. Nice work, Mello. Good to have you awesome, on the show. Awesome. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So that kind of um, ties up nice and neatly. Mm. We're going to go into article three, always our shortest article. Here is our summary and wrap up of the episode and the direction we're going to have moving forward. Sorry, Mello. We all disagree with you mm. on this one. So Poe is nostalgic of the rebellion he loves their guerrilla style of fighting uh and wants to kind of replicate that in his style when he becomes a spy contracted to leia he is supposed to be surveilling the first order and finding out what they're doing on the outer rim but when he finds out he can't help but take action into his own hands and starts firing and that kind of kicks off the opening inciting incident of the story mm. as he's going through he gets trapped with finn uh and ray yeah. and he can't can't get out of the situation and he learns to understand finn as his enemy and sees just not just the face of the enemy but who they are and and where they come from and what yeah. their story is as well and learns to empathize with them so that by the end of the film when he sees the footage played back this is you know we can change yeah. this yeah of him you know gunning down a bunch of guys he feels guilt and shame about that um and he wants to not just wipe out the first order not just kill them all but try and bring them back from being radicalized mm. and wanting to yeah. bring such harm and destruction to the galaxy and that is kind of where we're going with this character in this yeah, story yeah. so far. Yeah. Great work, team. I'm hey, loving awesome, that. Awesome. Yeah, it feels like for this episode, we've talked heaps more. It's interesting because we had Luke and we had Palpatine and their characters that are already established. And we had Ray, and he Ray's one of our fun leads, and we get to like have yeah. a bit of mystery with mm. Ray. With Poe, there's less mystery. It's more about like it kind of feels much more direct storytelling. Yeah. Like yeah. we I I feel like this episode so far has been the one where we've given like we've created backstory for this character yeah mm. as well as what his journey looks like throughout the first film one of my favorite things is going through like multiple options of backstory as well Melo yeah. in the messages he just sent through was all about like the kind of darker spice runner stuff mm. he clearly really likes that yeah in opposition to that we talked about his rebel history i even first brought up he might be military history phasma yeah. directly connected yeah. to phasma we can go back and review all of these things and, and keep tinkering on it behind the yeah. scenes but for today's episode, I think we can call that a wrap. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening, dear listeners. Thank right. you so much for coming on, Cole. I do have one final question. Oh, one final oh. question. Finpo, yay or nay? Oh, Finpo, I am a fan of it. And what I've said before is if it comes up naturally, if it feels right to the story, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'm very much on that page as well. And I'm curious to see how that relationship then shifts after we <laughs> after we kill him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like we're going to end up killing him in episode eight. So who knows? Beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I like killing characters. Yeah, nice. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, Cole, for coming no on. Worries. And thank uh, you for having me. Filling in today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. This has been our character analysis of Poe Dameron on fixing the sequel trilogy. And until next time, may the force be with you.